G'day listeners, welcome to Bar Karate, the sailing podcast. My name's Jordan Spencer and that strumming guitar means that BP's sitting out in his balcony waiting to talk. So, we've got another great session of talking to some really cool sailors, but of course, I have to share the mic with my two idiot mates. So first off, let's welcome to the microphone, Mr. Brett Perry. Greetings, exalted one. BP. I am on the balcony. I do have my guitar. I am strumming away. Um, I was going to buy an IQ4 a couple of weeks ago. Yes, that's right. I'm not now. Oh, okay. Why? No, no. Too hard. Too hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have been out for the last three days and had the pleasure to be out for the last three days uh, with, uh, with, a, with an IQ foiling training camp here in uh, Sydney. And I got to say, it is impressive. Yeah. It is impressive. Those things are fantastic. I do still want to have a go on one, but I can't see me spending my days uh, every day on one. They they are thrashing those things out. Right. Right. Mm. 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 Impressive. We'll talk, about, talk about more during the day. Yeah. yeah, I look forward to hearing some more about this. Let's bring in the other guy so we can bring it up. So uh, let's bring in the other guy. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Mr. Nick Bites. <laughs> <laughs> Vice Captain. Commodore. Vice Commodore is, Nick Bites. He is. He is. That's correct, gents. <laughs> <laughs> For the listener, I've just put on my uh, Vice Commodore's hat. <laughs> a new role I've taken up with the Cruising Yacht Club of South Australia. And congratulations. Yes. Well, yeah, thanks. And it was the only one that was closest rhyming with my name. So, <laughs> Just wonder if they if they envisaged a 1950 Land Rover sitting in the um, Vice Commodore's park. Let's let's just can we just they've laid out the oil pads. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you're a glutton. You're a glutton for punishment because you brought it up. I don't go, Jay. Okay, but um, no. Well, that's what I wanted to bring up. Congratulations to Jordan for getting our most engaged post ever. <laughs> With bar karate, <laughs> sending a photo of when I got stuck in the uh, in the defender. Yeah, and um, but as I did say, it was uh, it was old news. That was like one year ago. But I had to flesh out who actually sent yep. sent it in. Yep, and it wasn't hard to do because there was two guys. It was either Harry Fisher, <laughs> our fourth leg, or uh, Mr. David Snow. So I put out there with a little bit of a push. And within three minutes, bang, he's come. Oh, that's a bit defensive. That's yes, defensive. I saw that one. I saw that one because it was it was pretty. With every strategy, there's a tactic, gents. Yeah, I'll let correct. you know that. And that tactic worked beautifully. Yes. Yes. Well played. Um, can I just say for the um, the Cruising Yacht Club of South Australia, the, the person that paints the road uh, or the sign for the the Vice Commodore sign, please just change it to Vice Commodore right now. And everybody at Cruising Yacht Club of South Australia, just refer to Nick as the Vice Commodore. <laughs> yes. I think from forever now, like until the future, we're dead and buried and gone, it'll be Vice Commodore. It's a nice fit, this hat. It's a good hat. It's a good hat. You've got a bit of style about it. All right. Well, that's exciting. Well, can't, can't wait to see you in the white shorts with the white knee-high yep. socks, um, white shoes and the lapels. Coming up the last Saturday of October. So uh, his opening day at the CYC and I'll be oh. in my whites. Do you I, remember, um, do you remember Jeff, the olden days? Actually, you know? Mr. Jeff Betcher, um, a great mate of all of ours, he, yeah. uh, the ex-Commodore has offered um, some of his attire. <laughs> so I uh, went around for a fitting the other day, just had to let the legs down about eight inches. <laughs> Got right in. <laughs> As long as he's not loaning, your, loaning his undies as well, mate. Well, they were there, red ones. 
Uh, I was trying to think of a nose joke, but no, it doesn't work because no, he's no. got a massive honker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, anyway, the olden <laughs> days with the olden days with the CYC opening days, they were big. Mm. Uh, they were big. They, you're going to be on the other side of it. So, congratulations. well, no, in all mate. honesty, one of the uh, key roles we want to do there is bring that kind of feeling back to yacht clubs. Not only well, and that's what we're doing here with Bar Karate, right? Mm-hmm. Marking sailing fun again. So and you want to that, you want to you know, allow people to climb all over the roof? Well, probably down. not that far, but you know it. A club environment is built yes, for its members absolutely. and it should be and that's how it should be. Um, and if that, if anything I can do is help bridge that gap and bring it back and make yachting and uh, being a member of yacht, uh, yacht clubs fun again, well, yeah. Good luck to you. Take it on. Good luck to you. Cool. Um, well, let's get our guest in because um, uh, I'm really, really interested in this conversation. I reckon it's going to be a good one. Um, I think we've got a lot to learn here. Um as you just said, you know, we're about building the sport, building the sport and trying to bring more people into the sport. That's all we care about. And one of the elements of the sport is, is went missing this year and I didn't even think about it. Um, after the Olympics, being a sailing tragic, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I completely forgot sailing was out of the Paralympics. Um, mm. And it was sort of like it was a bit heart-wrenching because it suddenly mm. occurred to me that, you know, our sports disappeared and I wonder what's happened. And it just so happens within Australia, we've got an absolute legend of the uh, Paralympics. We've got uh, a bloke who went to three Olympics and won a silver and two gold in the Scud class, which is a cool name for a class of boat. And I've actually <laughs> sailed a Scud. I tested it for a magazine. So I know what they're like to sail, but not as hard what, as it Max is. Max Load. Hey? Tested Max Load. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But yeah, so we, we just wanted to have a bit of a chat because. Uh, we're interested just to see the whole process and the whole experience and uh, and actually learn from one of the greats. So uh, I really w- am quite keen to welcome to the show Daniel Fitzgibbon, OAM, mate. Congratulations. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, everyone. You guys are legends. I'm just proud to be here with you. <laughs> I've heard of you guys. I'm just happy to be here and, and sharing the air with you. So thank you for having me. And look. Awesome. Anything to do with sailing, I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. So um, the important thing, you come from a sailing family and you started sailing as a little fella, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, five years old I started sailing sabots down here in Manly in, in Brisbane and, um, like, I've been a lifelong sailor and, and one of the best things about sailing is you can be a lifelong sailor. You can't be a lifelong rugby league player or a lifelong <laughs> AFL player. You can be a lifelong sailor. Doesn't yep. matter how old you are, you know. Yeah. And I guess I'm really lucky to be in that position. Doesn't matter if, what disability you have either. You can go sailing as well. So like, such an inclusive sport. I love and I'm it. just lucky to come up from from where I came from. Like, grew up in Savos. Went to four twenties. I know all the like. Grew up sailing with a lot of the guys you guys know and. And then had the Olymp- had the Olympic dream and wanted to go to the Olympics and in the four seventy class, so started down that track. So, yeah, that's where I come from. Yeah, yeah. Like just, the, the... Going, going back to the grassroots side, yep. Dan. What 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 kind of sticks out? What's the greatest thing in your memory? Like back in the Sabo days, was it just mates? I think the mates. You know, like you know, like you just hang out after sailing and you. 
and we have a common interest like and really good people you meet really good people in sailing and you know like Luke and Lowe like you know Nick and and all these guys and, and Joey Newton and all these guys we sailed together we're competitors of course but after sailing you know you go have a beer together and, and, and just be mates and I think and I still hold those friendships today mm. from those those early days in, in 420s and Sabos you know and, and that's something yeah, I cherish for sure. Uh, that's a good point the whole I ran into a guy I sailed with like when I was 10 years old just the other day it was kind of like we were back at the yacht club and I guess we all have relationships like that, right? Mm-hmm. Just running into the guys that we've sailed with and it, just to have that common bond of being out in the water and racing either against each other or with each other is one of the greatest things that anything life can throw at you, I reckon. One question, Bicey. When you tack on your mate and cover him <laughs> to the corner, how do you resolve that in the pub, mate? Well, uh, basically, you hands up. Yeah. Here we go on this way. I tacked on top of you. Exactly. By right. the way, that's bar karate, my friend. That's Shall exactly. Yeah, that brings us to where we are today. <laughs> exactly. And, and and throw in throw in a one of us is going the wrong way, and I've seen your mother naked. It works well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, you Family tales will ever know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you um. You, one of the things you said, Daniel, which I love, is that sailing is inclusive, you know, like and you hear so much in the mainstream that sailing is elitist and I've, I've heard it talked and I've rang into radio stations when they've said it and just, you know, they say, oh, you know, it's an elitist sport because they were talking about, actually it was a, one group were talking about the America's Cup and uh, we all know what today is. Um, uh, and anyway, um, talking about the America's Cup and saying, you know, it's just an elitist sport, it doesn't count. And I rang in and said, that's absolute bullshit. It's the most inclusive sport you can do. Yes. You yeah. know, like if you go down to the local yacht club, you can sail against the absolute best sailors in the world and you can go on the course with them. You can't go out into a footy field and play with those guys. You can't go out into a rugby field and play with the elite. But in sailing you can. And not only that, they'll come after the race or before the race and help you get better, you know, for free. How good's that? Hey, exactly. How good is that? That's what our sport, that's what the greatness of our sport. And then also we've got free accommodation all around the world as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like I think, I think sailing is like a lifetime sport as well. Like, okay, it's expensive. No one's going to say it's not expensive. But you can do it for your whole life, whether you're young, old, able, disabled, Male, female, doesn't really matter. Like you can do it from six years old, where my daughter's going to start sailing soon, yeah. to when she's 96 years old, you know. You can do mm. it for your whole life and, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to her through her whole life. I know one thing I do know, she can still sail. So it's pretty inclusive to me, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, that's good, mate. All right, let's get into the, the dirty bit, uh, the hard part. Um <clears throat> So you were campaigning in a 470, South Sydney? Yeah, well, I was actually in this this actual time, I was having 420 in, in South Sydney and, and we're competing. We drove down from Brisbane. I, I lived in Brisbane at that stage and drove down from Brisbane, went yachting or a couple of days before. We went yachting on the Saturday and we had a function after sailing, as we do like to catch up with everyone at the Middle Harbour Yacht Club. 
Mm. We all know the, the Milabi Hospital, such a great club. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just having some having having a bit of a function there. And um, tradition would bring like at the nationals year before, Nathan Wilmot won the nationals and and we didn't use under protest. And one of the great things about sailing is we have protests and. <laughs> Yeah, they can delay things and make things a bit awkward. But so the presentation was done and we couldn't celebrate his victory by throwing him in the water. And, and he was getting thrown in the water as a celebration and I was just standing on the dock, like on the deck, just watching it all happen. And so, and I don't really know what happened, mate. I was on the edge and the next thing I know I was in the water and, and, and I'd fallen in pretty vertically and... Um, shallow water, it's like maybe 900, I think they said it was 900 mils deep and mm-hmm. where I fell and it was two metres high. So I'd fell, fallen 2.9 metres and just fell straight on my head. And I normally would have jumped in the water, but the deck had an edge plank, a bit of timber on the edge, which my feet were up against, mm-hmm. and, and I couldn't get, like I felt the, like just I think the crowd might have surged or something. Mm-hmm. And I felt it from behind and I just couldn't get my feet up and just toppled in, mate. Just one of those things, you know, mm. bit of angles. And mm. and I end up breaking my fifth vertebrae in my neck and becoming pretty much instantly quadriplegic. So yeah. I was 21 years old. So come from just living my life, going to university, doing some yachting and, and in a hospital pretty much instantly and just like things changed really quickly. Mm. Mm. Really, it, I do have to say, mate, I've got a good mate who's a quad and um, I remember the first time we went out drinking, it was quite it was quite funny because you just don't realise the consequences yeah. of it. You know, like he's, he's sitting there with me and he's gone, Jordan, can you go to the bar and get me a drink? Oh, of course, mate. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Now go and get me a bloody straw. Oh, okay. <laughs> now hold the drink up to my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. It's just yeah, you wouldn't have heard this before, Dan. No, this is true. This is true. Like it, it's <laughs> like that Jake throw the dartboard at me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and, and that poor turtle that snorted that straw. Now it's still plastic straws for it. <laughs> no, paper it's, straw. it's you ever drunk red wine through a paper straw? No. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's the life we live in, buddy. So what but can we do about it? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, like, there's moments of gold that come from it. And one of the things that uh, we have to get on the plate early because it's going to fire up Mr. Nick Bice is um, you won the Paralympic Team of the Year in 2012, uh, I remember. is one of the things I found in my research. And I saw yep. the photo and the hosts for that evening uh, was Lawrence Moon and Sam Pang. Moon Man and <laughs> Sam Pang, who are two hilarious comedians in Australia that really good quality blokes as well. Yeah. And uh, I was just thinking how cool it would be on stage for that. That would have been a dream come true. Dude, it's like a lot of people, like um, just you meet so many people through yachting and that's such a great – Yachting Australia, how good is that? Getting some legends on stage and, and funny people and they're really, really good and, and – was it Gordon Bray, the rugby commentator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sutherland, and like you just meet all, pretty much everyone. Like I've been, I've been very lucky, been yeah. successful, and and you just get to meet a lot of people. Like pretty much, yeah, like just lucky. Didn't get to meet you, Jordan. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well. Well, now we do The one that gets away, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's get into, you know, the... The, the championship. So I'll say that, again, you won a silver in 2008 and in Beijing in the SCUD. You are sailing with Rachel Cox yeah. at that time. And then 2012 and 2016, you were back-to-back, first Australian sailing team ever to go back-to-back in gold. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sailing with Liesl Tesh, who's um, yeah. came from a basketball background, I think, in the, wheel, yeah. in the wheelchairs. Um, so <laughs> amazing accomplishment. Your abilities, what gave you, what do you reckon gave you that extra talent? Was it all the development work mm-hmm. you'd done as a kid coming up through the 420s and 470s and all that racing you'd had? What, what made well, I think st- after Beijing, like I, we were just pretty new to the class in Beijing. Everyone was new to the class. It was the first games had been in, and the guy who won Nick Scandone was an all American sailor. He'd, he'd got ALS, which is a degenerative disease. Yeah. And he's a very accomplished sailor, a very good sailor, and he just was getting worse and worse. And he bit us fair and square. We weren't prepared. We didn't didn't have the time. Rachel was from Perth. Um, I was from Brisbane. We didn't do the training. We just didn't do the time, you know. And, and after the regatta, we just debriefed what went wrong in this regatta, why. Like, we were on the podium, but, you know, the Americans anthem over <laughs> in Harbour, we didn't really... It wasn't our day, you know, and, and I'm a pretty ambitious guy. I want to get better at every every after every race. I'm a bit of a debrief guy. Yeah. I'm a brief and debrief guy, and I, we just have to get better every time. Doesn't matter whether we win or lose. We just need to get better. That's that's what, how I work, and we had to get better. And I just thought with Rachel, really lovely person, but we just reached the limits together. And um, so I was watching the documentary. The Sales with Disabilities Sydney Hobart documentary on ABC. I think you got everyone's a lot of people saw that. And I was watching that and I saw Liesl. She was like motivated. She was strong. She was like um, sportsman. She just was fearless. And I thought, dude, because yeah, I think I need to get her on the boat and give her a go. And, and the next day I rang up the Australian Paralympic Committee. I got a number and I rang up and said, Lisa, you want to go sailing? Like, just come for a go and she came out. We met at the middle hubby. Oh, sorry, at the Royal Prince Alfred down there. And, and um, by that stage, I'd moved to Sydney for some, like, just some family get away some from family issues. I just wanted to concentrate on sailing and try and really like to step it up. And, and um, Lisa came down, and I just really enjoyed her spirit, her strength, her. Like it gets pretty cold and dark on, on boats, you know, and you, you need to stay upbeat and you need to stay mm. motivated, and, you know, and you just got to, and Liz was that person. And I'm the calm, boring, process-driven guy, but she was like the bit of an engine for me. Like I was like the computer, she was the engine, and that's kind of how we worked. And we worked really well together in that way. And uh, and we enjoyed our sailing together. She didn't, she just was always upbeat and she'd just really be like you, Jordan, always very motivated and very upbeat all the time. And, and you need that because, dude, we're spending a yachting day six hours on the water at yeah. least and, geez, it can get boring and you just need to keep that. And we, we just gelled and we just went sailing. The first, so once we did, we actually broached on our first jibe 
we did together, but you know, <laughs> we can learn. We can learn that. You know, you just got to use the sheet a little bit. Tony, Tony up, Tony up from here, right? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, so I said, well, why don't you come to Miami? We'll go. We'll do the Miami OCR, which is back then was the world sailing circuit, and um, went out there. And she didn't even know she had to count the seat. She had an electric seat at that stage, so we went to the first attack. She didn't count the seat, and she fell out to the lured over the side, side to lured. And out of the boat, and there I am strapped into this scud going into the skyline of Miami with no crew. And I didn't, I can't look behind me because I didn't, I, so I didn't know whether they picked her out of the water. I mean, I just kept sailing. It just like, took forever. I'm like, dude, am I just going to run up on the beach here or not? And I likely picked her out of the water and put her back on the boat. But she was keen to keep going. And that was, that spoke reams to me. Yeah, right. And we, we created like we, I had the knowledge and we had the team and we had the everything together. I think um, Brett, you know, all rigging and stuff. We have a, had a really great guy on board, a guy called Tim Lowe, who's a who's a um, our boatman who just did all our work on the boats and the boats were just never broke. And um, so you just need a good team. So we're starting building a good team and with our coaching and our support off the water. And yeah, we're pretty much so. Yeah, had to lose a couple, but we learned a lot from losing before we could. And once we learned to lose, we could learn to win. So that's kind of where, where we built it up. And by the end, in, so in London, we won with a day to spare, but in Rio, we won with two days to spare. So <laughs> we, just, we just smashed them in Rio, you know, like <laughs> hardest venue you'll ever see, ever sailing. But we won nine out of the twelve races. Wow! With the rest twos, and like for me, I'm just proud of how we sailed in Rio because I don't know if anyone sailed in Rio, but the the inversion layer for the sea breeze and the height of all the mountains around there—it's just so complicated. And and the tidal swirls and on one race course, the tide could be on one way on one side and the other on the other, and as a whirlpool in the middle and the pollution and the plastic bags and the dead animals and the everything you could just throw at you and be but taking all that consideration we had our best regatta together ever and wow. just proud of that so so i'm looking at this you've got a gold in london you've got a gold in rio and it seems to me that uh, rio is uh, is a standout yeah um yeah. just going back a little bit further so when you first started sailing with Liesl, uh were you, you training out of the RPA, were you, in, in, yeah. in Sydney? Yeah, great club. I'd moved to Sydney to further my sailing and, and yeah. the RPA was so supportive of us at the time and great members. Like that's the one thing about yachting. We meet such great people, like not just sailors but just great humans and we're well supported. Great great guys like John Bacon, Marcus Blackmore, the Oatley family, they all get behind you and and just make you want to do well as well. So yes. um, with good supporters like that, you just want to do well and, and it motivated us. And so we so we did a lot of sound. So we'd be travelling six months of the year overseas and we'd spend the other six months at the RPA um, before South Melbourne training. So South Melbourne's in December and before that. So from June after the European, we'd have a bit of a break and then continue sailing through the first half of the season into into the South Melbourne Academy. Yeah, basically the up here. So we had we had a great time. We enjoyed sailing. We briefed before every 
session debriefed after I did video, just what you normally do. What was your, like, when you're based out of RPA, your, your support team there, was that as great as it was as you're on the road or vice versa? Well, um, luckily everyone lives on the northern beaches. Like, the northern beach is a great place for yachting. It's, I think, pretty much a lot of people in yachting. We just were lucky that everyone lived in Sydney at that stage and, mm. and it was the same team that would travel with us and... Um, so you know we had we had the boatmen, we had the facilities, and Yachting Australia has all the bases and their technical, like the bending benches for all the masts and everything. It's all in in Brookvale on the Northern Beaches. So mm. um, you know when you bend test, so they had a really good bending rig. So bend tested all our rigs and measured all our sails and really good, like Andrew Lecty, um, yeah. just a legend, like just an underrated man and and went through all our sales and we just had really good team around us. And, and that's another thing about yachting. It's not an individual sport, it's a team sport, you know. And, 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 Bri- and Bryce, you know, like when around the world, you don't get around the world by yourself, mate, do you? Yeah, that's just right. Like, it's all the people around you that get you around there. Not unless you're doing the Vonda. Oh, no, actually you need people in the Vonda as well. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, you, you mentioned your, like the supporters, not the uh, actual technical side nor the coaching side, but... There were a few individuals that helped you out, well, helped the team out along the way. In which respect? So um, prior to the show, we were talking about John Bacon, who we know listens to the show, and he, we know he um, has helped you along your way also. Johnny Bacon, a legend. We all, he's like one, a great man, not just a great seller, a great man. And he, he believed in me so, like, He's just like he's such a supporter of yachting as well. Like he just loves yachting and and he just wants the best for the sport. And you cannot find a better he's such a humble man as well. And like he just supported us so much and, and he wanted us to get beyond the Paralympics. He's he's quite people like that you meet and, and they see beyond initially where you are and um, he wanted us to get into yachting and, and he was really instrumental in helping us create a disabled yachting program out of the RPA. So, and he helped us get a Sydney 38. So we bought the old another challenge and got the Sydney 38 and our plan was to just be inclusive in yachts. So let anyone who comes sailing, whether you have old, young, able, disabled, just come yachting on this boat sail every Wednesday and then at the end of the year we'll do a state titles or a nationals and and I designed a seat that would tack so the seat would come to windward and then can't and I could steal it with a with a joystick and and we actually end up coming fifth in the Sydney 38 states which was oh, for wow. the nationals held out out in in offshore at Pitwater there and um just awesome and that's if you can't that's pretty Inclusive yachting, you know, like just old Fitzy out the back holding on and <laughs> like getting in there with all the guys, just having a great time. And and you need to do that. You need people like Johnny Beck and people mm. who can see the potential and stuff like that. And Marcus Blackmore and and and, and the Oatley family and all these people. But yeah, and, and I wouldn't have never met these great people if it wasn't for sailing. So I'm very privileged. Was it a was it a 
a big decision to leave Brisbane and come down to the RPA? And was it, it, organi- was it organised or was it something that just sort of went, I've just got to be in Sydney? I just had to make a break for it at that yep. stage, mate, and I just wanted to go to the big city and, and leave everything. And I almost died a couple of times and didn't <laughs> put myself in the unit in Motorvale there. But, um, you know, with with that came opportunity as well. So Absolutely. sometimes you just go roll the dice, you know, and, and I just rolled the dice and and and, and just came down and, and, like, I really missed my time on the Northern Beaches and one day I might be able to get back there and, and if I want to do any more. But, you know, I've stopped after that, but I've got a family now and stuff, so, you know, have to weigh up what, what's, how you're going to live. But at this stage, Brisbane's good for me, but Northern Beaches... It's also on the options in the future. We had uh, Nicola Gerke on last week, a windsurfer who uh, had a, an amazing level of determination and just was very focused on her career from day one. She was going to do this, this, this and this. Uh, you obviously, you know, you started sailing, you were doing your sailing uh, and then the accident happened. Was there a period where, obviously there would have been a period because you would have been going through rehabilitation, but was there a period where you just said, Righto, I'm going to get on this and take this. Was there a dark period? Because it must have been a big thing. Yeah, like I was in the hospital, in Royal North Shore Hospital, and didn't really even know where I was, you know. I just was just like, dude, where am I? Like, can someone just show me a map of where the Royal North Shore Hospital is? I'm <laughs> a boy from Brisbane, you know, 21 years old, never been to the big smoke and and. But the thing is, I was a tragic, just like you guys, and I just wanted to go yachting. And and I've always found in life that goal setting is the instrument for motivation. And I just set goals. And um, I really didn't go through a dark place until I stopped sailing. That's the thing. Yeah. Like after, after Rio, it's like I've done all this stuff. I need a break. I'm burnt out. Now what? But before... I just set goals and I want to get back and sailing, find a way. It didn't really exist when I had my accident, just sailing. sailing. It was very, very, like very not really advanced and, and I just thought I could add to the sport and show to find ways because I had knowledge. I worked at a marine channelery and all that stuff and, and I had knowledge how we could create seating and steering for yachts and, and, and just get people back into sailing and I just worked towards that goal and and that got me out of bed every day and I just worked towards that until 2016 for like, so that was 1997, so <laughs> long time ago. So I was just about to say I, I, I had a, a life-altering situation many years ago and it was actually the same year as that and uh, yes, I, 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 well, I did, yes, Bicey knows all about it and Jordan too, but so we won't go into that. But the point is that um, there is an element of determination that comes out of, a, of of your own mindset of where you want to go and what you want to continue doing, that's what I see here. I see, yeah. I see, I see the same thing. I see, you know, stuff this. I'm alright. You know, my yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't really think any different. I didn't think it was any different. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, and today's like the 38th anniversary of the America's Cup win. My earliest memory as a child, you know, and that that motivated me like I know it motivated you guys. It's my earliest memory, getting up in the middle of the night, rubbing my eyes, is it on, Ned, is it on yet? And watching <laughs> Australia to 
beat Liberty in that last match. Mm. I can't believe, Dennis, like now that I've done a lot more yachting, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't cover. But, <laughs> um, but also, and, and that's my, and that motivated my father to get a yacht and get into sailing, and he put, he put me into yachting. So it's kind of like all these things that happen. So history kind of things like that happen and, and motive and just changes like so he bought a yacht because he wanted to go yachting and he got me into yachting because he thought I should get into yachting and that's kind of how that all worked and and I'm now personal friends with most of the people from who won mm. on on Australia too like mm. I go to dinner with Huey Drahan you know and he's just such a humble nice guy and um Brownie and all these guys and Phil Smidmore and all these guys. I'm just really blessed to be, and we're all abduct, uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame at the same time. So, yeah, right. which was a really humbling moment for me that I could be inducted in the Sailing Hall of Fame alongside my heroes. And, mm. and so I've, I've been very blessed in how it works, and it's great to talk to you guys on on tonight as well. On the anniversary of the 26th of December. You're pumped. He's pumped. Hopefully Robbie's out there. Robbie Jahan, mate. He's more pumped. He's the most pumped America's Cup player you'll ever meet. <laughs> Such a Jeez, it's bloody hard to imagine, like, the um, just how things move so quickly when Australia 2 did win in the yachting world. Like, <laughs> how long would have it taken to get to that same level if we didn't win that cup? Australia didn't win that cup. It's a huge part of our sport and history here mm. in Australia. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. As I, Absolutely. I sort of claimed on the show, I reckon, I still believe it was foundational for launching real genuine pro sailing. That 87 America's Cup was when it all kicked off into proper pro sailing. And Yeah, they were all amateurs back then. And I'm talking to Huey about these uh, campaign of old far boats and the half-ton cup back in the day and the IOI days, and and they're all self-funded, or they might get someone to help help someone at the yacht club to help fund them. But it's all amateur, and and the Wilmots and all that. They just went out there and went yachting, and and somehow they got it all together and put it all everyone all the right ingredients and put it into Australia too, and went off and beat the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe How we should have that. Uh, I was just going to say you could have a Para America's Cup. That that could be quite interesting. Yeah, I just I think my view for disabled sailing is integration. So yeah. I don't think we should be in any other category. We just have a chop on with everyone else, and and we're lucky we've got the equipment that can do it. I think I think my view would be there's no Paralympics anyway. Like no. I think we should just have a chop with everyone else, you know. Well, and because the boats are so heavy, they can handle a bit of someone not hiking 100%. Like, depends on the on the boat, but one of those X2s maybe or any type of boat. <laughs> I've got a theory. Mate, I'll see I've you in a, Brisbane. We're going south. Don't worry. I've got yeah, a theory sure. anyway, Dan, that, <laughs> yeah. uh, that Coots is setting up the sail GP that it's just going to be the lone soldier left on the boat at one Is that right? Anyway. Just a computer programming you? No, well, maybe one individual. So it's kind of like F1 racing. Wow. So that completely opens the door up. Got uh, aspirations to uh, <laughs> join Me? one of those teams, mate? Uh, I think I'll start at the local yacht club, buddy. <laughs> um, 
I haven't gone, I haven't sailed much since the game, so I was pretty burnt out. So, like we all know, I've had a child a year before, and I didn't get much sleep the year before the games because you know crying all night and and just got a bit and but and just such a and we got you know we had some issues over in in Rio. We were like robbed at gunpoint. Yeah. We're like just and just very dangerous and and mm. and so things. So we just locked up and let out for Sally for a couple of hours a day, and then put back in the in the shed. Put so I got a bit burnt out. So look, I don't know, mate. I'm, I'm ready now. I'm getting. I'm getting ready. Maybe well, that's, that's a that's a good question. That's a good question. So you you say you haven't sailed for you know since 2000. Well, well I one regatta. A lot since the games. You must, yeah. So you're saying you're saying you're ready to get back into it. So yeah, I miss yachting. I need yachting in my life. I'm, I miss yachting. I've, I've done the father thing, but she's off to school now. Like, so yeah. I've got a lot more free time. So yeah, I just want to. I'm I'm ready to get into it. I think get back into it. I yeah. think um, how it's going to happen, I'm not hundred sure. Pass. I've got it organised. I know how to I'll, do it. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's onto it. Jordan's onto it. Here we go. Stand by. I'll, Stand I'll, I'll take Daniel. notes. I'll take yeah. notes. Oh, yeah. Go back to the America's okay. Cup, the Italian boat. Okay. The skippers didn't move. You could just you could sit Check on one back. side. And I can use a joystick, no trouble. Joystick, buddy. exactly. I'm a flight controller. That's all it. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> awesome. You're done. Well, you've got it all sorted, but, mate. Um, what, just uh, before we start talking about which boats you're jumping into again, <laughs> yeah. what... Um, how did, what transpired after Rio in the evolvement of actually removing sailing out of the Paralympics? Or was yeah, it a, that's interesting, yeah. isn't it? It happened actually happened before the games, mm-hmm. and it was in shock. It was shock. It was everyone was in shock. What they removed? We were we were too. Yeah, just shocking. Mm-hmm. And it all evolved around the governance of the sport. The so Paralympic sailing was governed by, I guess, a pretty amateur group of people. And they actually just didn't fill in the application properly when they <laughs> Sounds familiar, Honestly, boys. it's pretty basic. They Sounds just, familiar. And the guy who was running it was actually a lawyer and they just didn't fill out the information properly and I think the application properly. And so they cited, the, well, they cited that we didn't have enough countries or something that participate in sailing. Going back to what you are saying, Jordan, elitist, but it wasn't true in the end. And I think they just, I don't know, they just thought, Television ratings um, and sailing doesn't bring the television ratings, and but that just misses the whole point of sailing mm. and, and disabled competition as well. So um, it's not ever going to rival the Olympics, or it's not going to rival a soccer game. But it might be narrow, but it's, it's heaps deeper, and so many more stories and lives brought into it. And, and I, it's, it's just poor decision, but. Maybe it's an opportunity for the future to regroup and maybe create a different vision with people like the old John Bacons of the world to maybe back someone's idea to rebuild it into maybe the new age. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's an opportunity. I'm not sure. But Mm. it's happened and they never said it's not going to get reintroduced. Maybe it's time to reintroduce it in maybe a more exciting form or something more inclusive form, I'm not sure. Did that well, – t- um, Sorry, Joe. I was just going to ask, did that administrator move on to running Move on to Etchells? 
<laughs> no, he went to lasers first. Yeah, <laughs> went to lasers, then to actual. Uh, yeah, he got sacked, sacked from the lasers. <laughs> took on the job. It was panic stations apparently afterwards, but the horse had bolted, you know. So what yeah, what can you do? do? That's the thing. Do you what think, do? Daniel? Do you think, Daniel? Well, is there some ideas? Perhaps is there something that maybe that is uh, brewing that could be put forward? I mean, the, the world, the world still spins, right? And yep. there's still there's yep. still uh, yep. para sailors. Yep. Um, well, I, I don't are... think we need specialist equipment. Is my idea. Copy that. I think we adapt existing things. So okay. also we can adapt and use existing equipment, and also into integrate into existing yacht clubs and, and existing everything. So I don't believe we should be. So something like maybe an RS, what are those little RS keelboats? The twenty mm-hmm. ones. The twenty yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, it's one of them. It's one of them drawings. So you can come down here. We got one of them here. Is that right? Well, they're great yeah. boats. I would put a canting tacking seat on that. They're not so um, weight sensitive because you got rails on them. You can't hike anyway on them. Just so to- sell one of them, no problems and. Just um, um, if you'd go on one of those, mate, put the seat as far back as possible. It's just more. <laughs> I love a VX. I'd get on a VX, but they're a bit four and a half sensitive. But I can put it on tracks four and a half. Yeah. So I can yeah, get my sure. seat, seat four and a half. So get in forward in the light air, out the back when it comes up, you know. But yeah. There's just no end. There's no end. But v- we just. You just need a driver, I guess. The VX fleet, uh, listen to this podcast religiously. Um, and the guys, a lot of the guys involved in that fleet are doers. They'll, they'll be oh, listening yeah. to this with interest, mate. They'll, you'll probably get a phone call, trust me. We've got great, great – I've met a couple. They've got a great fleet up here in Brisbane. You do? Yeah, sure. And they're awesome. Basically just like a scud, basically what I used to – I think they're a bit longer than 18, aren't they? Yeah, but just a bit. 20. They're just basically mini kilobyte, exactly what I said. Oh, that's metric. Yeah. Pretty, hey, uh, can we pretty ask an important work. question, bud? If we if we put you into, you know, take you away from and just blend everything in, what happens if you go on the piss for you? Fuck. Um, <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> I'm strapped into a chair. Like my chair's strapped. My chair's bolted to the boat and I'm strapped into the chair, right? So the chair would have to come out. That's fucking major. <laughs> um, it never happened. I had the main sheet wrapped around the neck. Through a couple of wild jibes in Weymouth once upon a time. Um, that wasn't ex- exciting. <laughs> um, I went in the piss. I've got a life jacket on. Yeah. But I up, float upside down, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so the answer is I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's an interesting discussion. Mm. Mm. So, but yeah, I don't want to go on that. We're yachtsmen, mate. We stay out of when you're in the. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's and we hate water. I'd we say. hate water, mate. When it rains, we go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. like water. Yeah. It's slow no. in the piss. It's slow in the piss. It's slow, mate. When you're in there, you've lost the race anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I don't I don't yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The chair it'd have to be a major for to, for me to get in the water. But I have a life jacket on, I'm sure I'll be fine. Yeah, Lots yeah. of people around. Uh, I just want to make sure that thought process had happened, you know, because I'm yeah. all for it. If we could, 
We could actually bring it in together. Why not? Because it's we don't want to see people go away from the sport. And the more inclusive things are, the better things are. There's just I think no it's question. The way forward. Hey, it's a way forward. I think. Yeah, for sure. Use it. Use it. Use it. Well, that's the good thing about etchels are that everyone's got one. There's a lot of them out there. That's not elitist. They're like five thousand dollars for an etchel. <laughs> you put a little seed in the middle, and then. Get a lot more people in the sport, so it doesn't really matter. I guess it doesn't matter what type of boat it is. Just yeah, I think I think our, our, the the members of our sport, they're the ones who understand that the most as well. Mm. Yeah, mm. that is a hundred percent inclusive, not exclusive. Yeah, exactly right, and, and I think it's the way forward. So mm. we're lucky to be in such a good sport with such good people. So. Um, and you guys are doing an awesome job promoting it. So is there any restrictions on, uh, like, you know, you say you're strapped in a chair, you, you can get yep. it and stuff, but with yep. your uh, steering, like, is there any restrictions yep. for you on steering? No. I guess the only restriction is the load on the helm. So, you know, if you're selling a loaded up boat, you're not selling it properly, I guess. So that was my view. And, um no, I think that's where we'd have to win the race. Like, use the existing equipment, but create really good adaptations mm. to use that equipment really well. Um, we ran into, we you'll always run into some issues. Like in the Sydney 38, I was using electronic steering, and that wasn't governed within the class rules, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, yeah. in the nationals, I wasn't actually allowed to use that because the class rules stated you weren't allowed to use electronic steering. So and I'm sure any class that you encounter will have those type of restrictions or you'll rub up against things like that, which isn't a problem. Right? It doesn't really matter. But I think what's more important, just rallying the people and also finding also the target audience as well for the boat, so who you want to go sailing. It can't just be me. It needs to be a lot of other people. Like I'm happy to pave the way, but we need to someone who wakes me up in a hospital one day wants, like, you can go sailing, mate. Just go your, go down that yacht club. That's, that's Sail a, every bloody day. And it, that, that's a really huge point. I mean, Go down and have a chop. Yeah. Have you have you had a lot to do with that? Have you have you sort of, um, obviously there's a lot of people who have accidents and um, have you sort of uh, utilised uh, your experience with motivational side of things? I haven't, no. I've just been concentrating on, like, you know, getting the house. and I've just had to get away from you for a little bit. I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I will get I'm, I think I'm ready now to get more involved in that respect. Um, but, yeah, I think there's an opportunity there, and if there's the demand, I think I'm happy to help out in any way. And it might even not even be sailing at all, but I guess we want to go sailing. Sailing such good sport. Um, but just getting out in the water and stuff, you know. But the world, the world. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't necessarily mean it matter about your situation. The world loves stories, and that's what it's about: storytelling. Yeah, that's storytelling, right. storytelling, and experience. And uh, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. Just have a go. <laughs> Give it a crack. Lucky, have a go. Um, yeah, but we we do have a very lucky sport. Sailing is like such a great sport with such great people and. Um, not the biggest sport in the world, but certainly a great sport, you know. And um, it can cater for 
dinghy sailors like Jordan, yachtsmen's like Nick and Brett and, and, and me. And, <laughs> and the, the old keeping the rig up, player, mate. You got to keep the rig up, Brett. What's that, buddy? You're keeping the rig up, mate. That's what's oh, important. Oh, yeah, you know? no, I'll just get Someone's the guitar. I'll get the, the guitar out. I'll get the guitar out and drum a few chords on my patio, mate. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, but it goes for everyone, everyone, you know, like. This is the you can't all be helmsmen, but you can't all be four decades, you know. And and on the Sydney 38, what was great about Sydney 38, we had a deaf guy on the four deck. <laughs> so you yell at him all you could, and he wouldn't listen to you. And we had well, a that, that's normal. That's normal. And we had the, a blind guy on the main sheet. And that's we had normal. A guy on the wheelchair steering it. And in between, we had some 470 sales and whatnot. And it just worked, man. It was just such a great. Oh. Great thing. I love it. I love it. Like, yeah. The deaf guy on the bow. That's just a crack. <laughs> just crazy stuff. And a blind, so it's like to... you did it for a joke, isn't it? Like, uh, No. He's a great bowman, though. Dip pole jive underwater, no problems, mate. It's just it's so good. <laughs> like, we were in the Sydney Harbour, uh, Sydney Harbour regatta and we're, like, jiving back to the finishing line in the middle, towards the middle Harbour Yacht Club and, this is the freeze of billing. We had the masthead bag up, and this is billing 25. And I'm like looking over my shoulder, thinking, This is just this black stuff coming. We've got a lot on here. We better put the fractional up. But we didn't have time. This, I had Alabashe Spinnaker, like that was Jessica Watson's old boat, the, yeah. another challenge, the Sydney 38. Yeah. So yeah. it's a big masthead Alabashe girl on this big Spinnaker. And I saw a rip on the corner. I said, she's going to blow. And <laughs> said that, she blew to a million pieces. But you didn't have to tell the deaf guy to go up there and sort it out because it already knew. He was watching. <laughs> he didn't wait for you to tell him because he was just watching. Uh, yeah. yeah. He he go on the main sheet. And how was the He wasn't watching. <laughs> <laughs> he did it by feeling. He was a bit lost at that stage. By the way. He said was wrong. Jess, Jess is a she's a very committed listener to the show, mate. So she's listening. Oh, Jess in. is a legend as yeah. well. Yeah. What a great person is. Yeah. Great for the sport as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Great person, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so who's speaking of legends, like who are the the para legends that we should know about? Like the... Oh, there's this guy, Daniel Fitzgibbon, he's quite good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fitzy, I believe they call him. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some guy called Fitzy, oh, yeah. Fitzy. Um there's a lot of there's a guy who's doing the single handed sixty foot. Is it the yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Omaka uh, in the Vonda? He got did he get fourth or something? Didn't he get what's his? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's a true sink. We did we, the French did guy. What's yeah. his name? It's the two point four seller. Oh, just lost his name. It'll come back to me later, but. Absolutely, uh, he's one. He's also won two golds in the two point four, but not back to back, unfortunately for him. <laughs> um, so, multiple, just a great sailor as well. And he's actually he's the epitome of inclusive sailor. He's only lost a hand, yeah. Like so that I wouldn't. He's so he's a pretty able, able guy. Um, yeah, but those boats are tough. Those boats are tough, mate. Damien Seguin. Damien Seguin, that's the one. Damien, such a legend. Yeah, we were cheering um, hard for him. So we were cheering hard for him. How good is Damien though? Yeah. Like he's committed. Those Frenchies are committed yeah. to that sport. 
Um, but he's committed to to the two point four as well, and he's such a good sailor. And what about just just what Jordan was alluding to in in the fleet itself? Who who would you aspire to look up to if you were in starting out again? Don't Daniel Fitzgibbon. Oh, Daniel Fitzgibbon. He's pretty good, Matt. I've heard about him. And Brisbane, <laughs> oh, there's just a lot of great people, but also a lot of great stories, a lot of great yeah, just yeah, yeah. To the world with just great people and, and just meeting people and getting to know them at different venues, you know. And I think what I would tell the young people, it's not about the destination per se, because ultimately the destination is not important. What the you got to enjoy the journey and getting there. And mm. I think I wouldn't, I would say just look at what can be done, but just enjoy your own journey and, and stop and smell, smell the roses. Stop and like you're in the, in Menemblik, Holland, eating cheese, watching the soccer with these Dutchies and just <laughs> sit back and go, how lucky are we like to be here? You're in America yachting and on, in, in Miami and, and watching those, Big speedboats cruise past at thousand knots with their four Lamborghini engines in. Just and I think that's what I'd say. Just in like, just I didn't do enough of it because I was too, you know, a bit focused and too busy briefing and debriefing, running through my um, notes. I think next time I would just stop a bit and just enjoy it and say, "Look, we're pretty lucky. Let's enjoy the journey because ultimately." The destination is not what not what important not is is not what's important in life as well. So I think well the journey, the journey never ends. Sad. The journey ever, never ends. Seems yeah. like there's seems like there's a bit of an itch. Good yeah, well, that's coming true. Yeah, well, next time, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think I'll get back into yachting for sure. Good words. Unfortunately, I think I smelt too many roses. <laughs> 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 that actually didn't, does, quite, didn't quite aspire to exactly where I probably could have gone. <laughs> I'd have to say we're probably the same. Here we are sitting in Barcarone. I know. It does spark <laughs> a question, though, what you mentioned. So, Daniel, let me put a scenario that's very regular in the world when you're travelling and doing all sorts of stuff and you're out with mates and occasionally you might have a few drinks too many and sometimes the constabulary will turn up to uh, right. to. to Rat on you and and you talking about me or Bicey over here? <laughs> yeah, I'm really conscious where this is uh, going here. I know his mates. So, so, so my my interest is you know like sometimes you'd pretend you you pretend you don't speak the language. You try all sorts of little tricks to get out of trouble. I was just wondering, as a, a para, like you're in your wheelchair, do you just like point at the wheelchair and say, do you get a little bit more freedom from the the cops? <laughs> the cops. Well, look, I wouldn't condone drinking. Firstly, Jordan, I'm not a drinker, mate. Yep, I'm joking. <laughs> um, well, we don't condone it either, but if you do you just, slip. You know, you just you take what you can take, mate. I've never been arrested, but, yeah, they might take it easy. Only we haven't been, I haven't been arrested, but, you know, you just have to try your chances. But, yeah, you do. The best thing about being in a wheelchair is having just have a parking permit, mate. We all know that. We are stuck in the good spots, but. Yeah, no. Girls sometimes take pity on you. Oh. Which is good. In the pub. Um, and so yeah, no, I I wouldn't know about the police, but I think I'd try everything else ever I could to stay out of the jail, mate, I reckon, oh, okay. for sure. Well, 
<laughs> just just checking to see if there was any hidden stories. I thought we might get a um, like a, a secret story from the one of the Paralympic events where somebody. I'll have to think about that one, mate. Next time, I'll have to think about that one, Jordan. I'll email it into you. You can read it out, okay? I'll think about it. I'm sure there's heaps of them. Yeah, I'm sure there are too, mate. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, what about um, the dollars? Like, uh, did you make much money being a parasailer? No, it's not much money. Like, I got all my bills paid. You know. I, oh, you I, did. Made... Yeah. Oh. I, um, through the Trans Paralympic Committee, Yachting Australia, personal sponsors, um, they bought the equipment, development, all that. We can't rode on the back of the Olympic guys, um, so we used a lot of that R and D stuff. So. Yep. They pay for coaches and support staff and stuff. So, yeah, it's all pay for it. And, and um, have to have a boat in Europe and a boat in America and a boat in Australia. And they helped shipping and purchase price. So, yeah, it didn't cost me anything. There's no money to be made per se in oh, what I did. No. But it, in the end, oh, it did. In the, in, at the early days, it left me in hollow. I paid for a lot of pre Beijing, basically all of pre Beijing. But after we got better and won a couple of things, you get funded. So I think we're pretty well funded through London, Rio, I think, yeah. Well, not so much towards London, but from London onwards, once you win a gold, they fund you. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a big stake of your life. I mean, we're talking a lot of years, obviously, yeah, from, oh, wait, from Beijing. Yeah, so you're talking over, over, s- ten, over 10 years or, or so. Yeah. Maybe um, so, the okay. So, Adrian, yeah, that great man Adrian Fingless might be listening. Oh, that guy. Earl Aids was in there back in 06 when we went to Whitby in Canada to start the whole program, and he was there, and we're just starting to try to learn, and 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 yeah, just as a as an amateur team back in those days, and um, yeah, it's a big commitment. Old Aids. Old Aids. Someone like that commits their whole lot. Like Aids is <laughs> zero or a one, and he will just commit his whole life. He just loves Sam that much. Maybe too much, who knows? Yeah. But we, he, we had a chat. We had a chat to a few oh, uh, did you? last yeah. year. Yeah, like a couple yeah. of years ago. Oh, it would have been right at the beginning. He had a problem with the Fox. No, well, <laughs> put it this way a one or a zero, exactly. Yeah. No matter what his mind is on at that particular time. Mm. <laughs> I have some more stories about him than drinking. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. I think we should. <laughs> we'll move on from there. No, no, no. We love him. We love him. I'll tell you that much, mate. So he doesn't get arrested. I'm intrigued as to whether he might have uh, pinched the wheelchair a few times just to yeah, see. Yeah, maybe, man. I'll, oh, mate, he, he would have run that some, for sure. He that guy's got it. He's got some stories. <laughs> I'm the poor, boring yacht helmsman, mate, you know. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, Shout out to you, uh, Aids. We know he listens. We know he listens, so he, he'll be chuffed with you. I hope he's not still in lockdown. Is he still in lockdown in Melbourne? Yeah. Uh, they'd go yeah. in uh, lockdown. Back, right. back and forth, I think. On the fence. Yeah. On the fence. Yeah. Well, on the fence is actually what he's doing, building fences. That's it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So. oh, there you go. I didn't know that. See, that's a good thing about you. I don't even meet great people like that. Yeah. All walks of life and, and different people. So it, it is very cool. But I think he's got a VX as well, doesn't he? Yeah. He he does. He has yeah. absolutely. Um yeah. So yeah, it's all it's all happy days, mate. So the only thing is, we're just waiting for you to come back, you know, and and snag yeah. your asses. For sure, I'll pop up somewhere. Don't you worry, I'll pop up somewhere. I'll figure out where I think I should be, and I'll I'll, I'll pop up. And 
you guys have been watching the Olympics as well. And Matty Belcher, what's Matty Belcher going to do after? I'm interested to hear what his plan. Have you talked to him yet? Yeah, we talk to Matt pretty regularly. He's a super nice bloke, Matty. So such a nice, humble guy as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and giving and. Um, I don't – well, he may change his mind, but last time he said he wasn't going to continue on. Um, no. So, you know, they've got the family. He's business. got a young family as well, yeah? And another one on the way. Yeah, okay. So that makes it hard and that's what slowed me down a bit. Mm. Once you get kids, it slows you down for a couple of years. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he's, he's got the world at his shoulders. It's only at his feet he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Manny Belchon. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's got a bit of a uh, bit of actual stuff. I think he's keen to get into that and uh, yeah. and just get onto the onto the sort of not so pressured stuff and enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Like you say, enjoy his time a bit. And I do don't you, blame him. Can I <laughs> ask sure. you, Daniel? Uh, just generally as a sailing fan, like what events do you really like in the Olympics or in yachting? Anywhere. In so, if in the world of yachting, do you like like do you like I watching watch everything? The like I'm a bit of a tragic. Yeah. Like I'd, after yachting, after sailing in the Paris, I'll, I'd go home and watch sailing on video, you know, or just watch replays or whatever. Yeah. I loved watching the America's Cup. I yeah. thought that was awesome, like mm-hmm. those falling things. And I think I like the way that the wind range, they could fall off a foil mm-hmm. and create such, well, they'll probably work it out by the time the next next America's Cup comes around. But I thought watching that last race against with New Zealand and, and Prada and oh, um, yeah. falling off a foil and then getting yeah. back up and then passing them and, yeah, just crazy stuff. I think that's great. I love watching Olympics because that's kind of where I come, where I come from and, and doing that. And, 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 yeah, so that's kind of where, where I like. And, and just any type of yachting I can watch, I, don't, I just love it all. I think it's yeah. – and dinghies and, yeah, it's, it's just – it's all good. But I think grassroots is what, what I like as well. I think that's where I'll, I'll start. And when I'll get my daughter into grassroots, I'll probably start there and that'll probably maybe help some of the younger kids um, with a bit of the calm, detailed, methodical, observant sailing, which kind of I... You know, you know where you need to go, mate. Yeah. You should be coaching. Coach? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. It, it's the perfect solution with the way your brain's working and the analytics mm. of it all and, and you know, the fact that you can't sail as much as you want to and you probably don't want to sail as much. So the yeah, coaching. I don't need to. I don't need to. Like, I've done everything I need to. Yeah. Mate, I've got a spider named after me. Did you know that? No. <laughs> they a spider after me out here in Western Queensland. They found an anteating spider and they've named it the Nostrata Fitzgibbon Eye. <laughs> wow. It's about Fitzgibbon Fitz, Eye. Fitzgibbon Eye. You don't need to do anything else, mate. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> Move on. Is that how you picked up your wife? Like, is it you just met her in a bar? I've got a spider <laughs> named, spider named, named <laughs> after me. Because I know <laughs> I'd be using that line. I've um, uh, met her before the spider, mate. So, <laughs> I can't believe you haven't heard of me. Fitzgibbon wow. <laughs> Eye. <laughs> do you, can you imagine? Do, like, if one comes into the house... You're not allowed to kill yeah. it, are you? There's no way. Well, this actually is a very ugly small ant eating <laughs> spider. So they're the size of an ant. They give off pheromones to make the ant not attack them. Oh, yeah. So they pretend they're an ant and all they just pop off one ant at a time and just have a bit of an eat and then wow. go to sleep and then eat another ant. Wow. <laughs> That's perfect life. 
They so the phones anonymous. Call the scientists the who <laughs> found them on the on some farm out in Western Queensland. She said, "Well, reminds me of you because I was. Oh, it's a long story, but <laughs> we love we love stories. Airbnb store, Airbnb offer. Um, I was just renting one offer, and I just chatting her in the morning after and before we left. And anyway, she discovered this spider, and she thought, "Well," and I told her about me and what I'm doing, and and um. She just thought, well, it's a brave spider. It lives with other ants, and but it could be killed at any moment. And, and <laughs> I just thought his spirit and your spirit are, are one. And she was a German lady, so oh. I said, well, I'll take that. Thank you very much. That's cool. So, yeah. That's cool. Oh. So, yeah. Who knows where this – who knows where Barker Road is going to lead us, eh? No, anti spiders. Have you actually got one? Have they uh... – yeah. I've got a picture of one. I've been sent. I was, I was published in the Nature magazine. Yeah. So is that a Nature magazine? They did the publishing. Yeah. And, um, I, I can see. I can see Bicey. Bicey's googling right now. No, what I can see is you know how you have all the butterflies lined up like yeah, those yeah. pictures on the wall. Oh, with and pins, with pins some, in them. Some sort yeah. of arachno something going There's, here, and here it is. What I'll do, dude. I'll the go out there and find one for you. I'll find <laughs> one and I'll put it on a. With all a right. microscope, for the listener, we'll, we'll put this on our website. <laughs> I, th- I was just about to say, can we okay. this on? Instead, of a, instead, of a pic- instead of a picture of Daniel uh, on our website. Oh, no, we'll do, do it, Joel. Joel. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares about this spider tonight. Fitzgibbon eye. Fitzgibbon eye. I just love it. Lucky you're not an ant. Can I just True. say, Daniel? What? Um, we're sort of running out of time here, mate. In fact, we're probably out of time. But I, I can yeah. say from... This conversation, I reckon every guest we get from now on, we're just going to do a, a credibility check. Like, have you oh, have, have you got an ant named after you? <laughs> do you have? Well, I agree. I'm not going to disagree, man. Disagree with that. I think you've got to spread your <laughs> contestants or <laughs> the contestants. That's our checklist. That's our checklist. For What's now? your checklist? The criteria. So, I believe so. If they can beat me, let them on, man. Right. Do, do you have an animal named after you? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I love it, mate. Yeah, nice That's, work. Hey, good one. I, I nah, reckon good that one. is the greatest discovery ever. I can't believe we didn't know that. Um, but yeah, we'll have a word to our research team on this. <laughs> day. Just yeah, can't believe we. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to call them up tomorrow, Jordan. Are they in? Are they in tomorrow? Yeah, I get stuff. Um, <laughs> All right, mate. I think we might have to leave it because we're going to we've run out through our time. But um, I think uh, we're quite interested to see what happens next for you, mate. So keep us in the loop. We definitely um, for sure. We uh, and if you know, it sounds like you're going for an X two when uh, they're ready. I think so. I'm if, more than happy in that. Brett, how many you got in the water, Brad? Yeah, we're working on that. Okay. Well, it's on you. They haven't landed yet. I've still got my Sydney thirty eight seat. I can. Sort out, mate. No problems. Yep. Believe me. Beautiful. Believe me. It's it's a perfect platform. So uh, I'll be more than happy. If Johnny Bacon's right. involved, I'm sure anything can happen. <laughs> Johnny Bacon's involved, and I'm sure he's going to listen to this episode. And, uh, well, he's a doer. Anything can happen, man. I think. I hope. Good luck with them, and I'm sure it's going to be successful for you. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good yeah. work. Cheers, mate. Good awesome. on you. Thanks, boys. Thanks for Good having chat. me. Thanks for giving an eye. Inspiring stuff, gents. And I know uh, Dan was speaking about legends in the sport, but 
he he's the legend in the sport. It's no question. No yeah. question. No question. Yeah. Household right. name in uh, yachting in Australia for sure, and and in the arachnoid world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You know the other eye. thing. The other it's thing. Well, I don't know if it's given up. The other thing he did, he out researched us. He'd gone and researched all of us. <laughs> I, I was, you know, halfway through the conversation, I was going, Jesus, he knows a fair bit about me. Yeah. What's going on here? For someone who's who's self admittedly saying he was out, out of the yachting scene, he knew a fair bit. Yeah. <laughs> he did say that he, he did allude to he was a researcher and a what do they call that sort of person that sort of really sort of studied up on the situation. And that's probably. He said he attributed to his gold medals and mm. well, his medals. I should say medals. Some of that on board. We could take a bit of a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, what a ledge. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I just like, and looking looking forward to seeing what the next steps are. Actually, yep. I think there's a chapter there. Mm. Absolutely. I, I was very keen to have him on the show. I've been keen mm. to have him on the show for a long, long time, and um, uh, you know it. It didn't disappoint in any way, you know, like. Um, you know, <laughs> what I loved? What? He's sitting in a room there and behind him is a photo of him receiving his OAM. Yep. Um, yeah. Medallion, well, the, the whole process. <laughs> uh, you've got a surfboard behind you. I've got a fridge full of beer. <laughs> BP, you got a hat and a guitar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, personalities—that's what it's all about. They're all it? their own people. That's yeah. it. Oh dear, love it. All right. Well, that was cool. I hope everyone else mm. enjoyed that. Um, Shall we roll into club events? We had a communication about a club event um, from Hugo mm. Butterworth, twenty-nine guy. Do you want to talk about yeah. that, BP? I, I, well, I know that Matt was involved with the twenty-niners up there at the RPA, but I don't know too much more about it uh, other than other than that. Oh, they were they were trying to do uh, on Saturday. They because of your lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. They trying to create an event that they could get through that didn't breach lockdown rules, and they 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 sort of were listening to the um, the pursuit race idea, and they came up with the idea of doing a time trial. Oh, why not? Yeah, which smart is smart. One yeah. in socially distancing. Yep, <laughs> you do that. Yeah. Two, drawing a little inspiration from the pursuit race as. Uh, as Hugo had mentioned. So whether that's smart or not, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, well um, they, the RPA is on the forefront. Of the yeah. Race, yeah, well, they're actually going to so run a pursuit happening. race. Yeah, they know about it. Yeah, sure. no, they know about it. It's happening. I, I think, know. Yeah, I know. It's all on. By George. I know. Be awesome. <laughs> the one and only great um, Spencer. But unfortunately, they got shut down. Yeah. Shame, shame. Yep. So it just means that now that people know about it, they can join in. So if you have got a 29er, stay in touch, reach out to Hugo Butterworth. I think he's at Royal Prince Alfred. And, um, yeah, you might be able to have a bit of an adventure. They've got a hell of a program going up there for those. Oh, it's it's big, it's big. And, um, you know, they've got a real plus passion. 80-plus sailors, right? 29ers, 49ers, all the, it's all the Niners. Yeah. All the Niners. Yeah, all the Niners. <laughs> we won't mention the other Niners. Yeah. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's the same. So, yeah, if you're into that, uh, if you want to be part of it, just reach out to them and uh, get to get involved in their great program. Some seriously talented people uh, helping out with that program as well. So definitely yep. worth uh, finding out about that. Gentlemen, speaking of events, one of the, um, 
the great joys of life is just discovering that there are smarter people than you out there. You know, discovering well, genius never never happened. <laughs> happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a personality thing right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not telling you which side I fall on that equation. <laughs> Yeah, has to be, never happened. Yeah, Yeah, I'll have to check your notes. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this week um, we've we've fallen into the presence of greatness. Um, Have we? Yep. Again? We we got a message on Instagram from a gentleman by the name of Tim Beaver and he has come up with an idea for sailing for yacht clubs um, to promote sailing, to create camaraderie and make the whole thing and it is just a genius idea. So who tell? You know you I'm not big on the the Insta, so I no, well, I run that program. I I, I, t- I pushed the button and it came. I couldn't find it. I had no idea. Yeah, I run that program for the okay. less sophisticated people. Um, <laughs> so what what his idea is is that every yacht club becomes gets involved, right? And you have a start time of the yacht club, each yacht club, and everyone is racing in the same event. Uh, but you, you have results back at your club. And the idea is you sail to as many clubs as you can, right, and collect a card at each club. And whoever you – come, you come back to the club, so you've got a time limit. You've got to be back mm-hmm. by within the time limit. So your goal is to – you kind of, kind of use navigation. You've got to use a lot of logic and you go and collect all your cards. And whoever has the best hand, poker hand, when they come back is the winner. <laughs> What Isn't if you it? just pick up dud cards the whole way? Well, I, well, I figure that'd have to be marked. There's, there's, no, no. Let's not cheat the system. But basically it gets all the clubs communicating with each other. It gets all the different classes communicating. You've got to have strategy. Do you go that way? Do you go that way? You know, like yeah. it's, a, it's a great one. Upwind, downwind, you know, around the harbour. Yeah. Up well, have to down be, the coast. Yeah, there'd have to be a little bit of a sort of a time frame, I guess, allocated to that as well, though, wouldn't right. it? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it, say it kicks off at midday and you've got to be back by four or something like that. So you've got to just sort of work out how many clubs you can get to. You'd be buggered if you're my lane. <laughs> <laughs> well, not if, get any. Sailing, not if you're sailing a Sharpie with – Oh. You'd probably <laughs> at least get to Goolwa. <laughs> <laughs> so you might, get a, you might get a three of diamonds. So that's the gist of it. So all the clubs involved, um, collect your cards from each club, so a card from each club. Um, so obviously you'd have a club stamp on each one just to verify. And yeah, then sure. best hand wins. It's not about time or anything. It's just best hand wins. So it's a bit of navigation, a bit of strategy and a mm. bit, of, um, bit of luck. I love it. Love, cool. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Sydney Harbour, well, you've got some options there. Yes. Yeah, well, you've got, I mean, option, you got some options on the uh, on the foreshore there down in Adelaide. Yep. Yep. Bit of a long trip down, Bravo, bit of a long trip down to Brighton. I reckon um, – I can see the Bice Commodore of the, the Cruising Yacht Club of South Australia might be thinking about that one. <laughs> might bring it up at the first meeting. <laughs> Here's our new no, events. We've had an idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the it's... Tim Beaver Orienteering Poker Race. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? I love it. I love it. I think it's I genius it. because it does everything that we need to start doing, getting people on the water for fun. And brings clubs together, brings boats together, and it makes you think about different skill sets. I love it. Yeah. Good. Well, Good. Mm. Jack Lloyd, mm. listener of the week. Yes. Yes. The Jack Lloyd, listener of the week. Despite the fine comments 
and updates coming in from the likes of Hugo and Tim. You gents <laughs> haven't seen this one yet. Oh, here um, we go. And I'm going to bring it up while we're talking. But basically, uh, I received a message during the week from one Randy McMeekin. <laughs> I'm guessing he is from Canada because the message is, Nick, I'm a good friend of Denise Del Mundo, former <laughs> listener of the week. If you want good scoop on her, let me know. <laughs> I may or may not have dated her a few decades ago. <laughs> so, Randy, send it in, buddy. Um, we still owe Denise because she ripped us off with the shipping discount. I oh, know. We've got to get into that program. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's going to be worth more than six bucks, this info. So, yeah, send it through. <laughs> Love it. I love wow. it, Randy. So there we go. Um, we got him. Randy McMeekin, you may or may not receive a um, merchandise pack. Let me just uh, let me put the disclaimer on out there for everyone that uh, you won't be receiving merchandise pack. <laughs> oh, oh, where is it? We don't have any money. Yeah. Really? <laughs> uh, no. Huh. no, so uh, oh. congratulations, Randy. Good, good correspondence. And this is not only his own cor- uh the only bit of correspondence he sent previously. Yeah, he's been um, busy. Yeah, no, he's sent quite a bit in. He likes, mm. you know, the, especially the stuff about the M11 and the Etchel, Etchel Gate, mm. we'll call it from now on in. Mm. So, no, he's uh, an avid listener and uh, thanks for listening, mate. Look forward to enjoying a sailor's lager at some point in time. Yeah, wonderful. Here, here. Is it, the M11s are called the alleged Etchel now, aren't they, with the double L? Being... We weren't talking about this time, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of getting angry, oh, America's Cup boys. Bloody hell. <laughs> we got some more emails during the week. Been unleashed in uh, in uh, K1W1 land. Oh. K1W1. Yeah. Oh. So did you guys, you read that we got, every, obviously, uh, we got Emirates Team New Zealand sent us an email and I'm sure they sent it to pretty much every other Media outlet in the world, and not. Oh, no, I don't. I don't think they did. Really? I don't think they consider. Oh, I, I, I don't consider. No, it's, straight, it's only to us. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, dear Jordan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and dear Jordan and your two idiot mates, dear Jordan and friends. <laughs> that would be genuine. Then you know yeah, that's actually, genuine. I got one called dear Nick and your two idiot mates. <laughs> <laughs> I got one dear Brett and you. No, go on. Come on, let's be. Um. So. Did you you guys see that? Uh, mm, I mean, yeah, we saw it, but there will be no better person to give us give an analysis than yourself, one Jordan Spencer. Where, where where do you sit on this one, mate? Oh, that's a this is just like watching a chess game right now. This is uh, <laughs> it's it's what a fifth a fifteen minute one or, a, or it, a, an intense one, you know, like oh. where the moves are life and death. Um, okay, because they. Obviously, there was a sort of quiet takeover trying to happen. This uh, Dumphy, Mr. Dumphy was obviously trying to play all the political games in the background. But the thing that I found interesting, and I want to hear the discussion about this, 
where they threw back at him all the allegations of things he'd done where he had a call with a member of the New York Yacht Club. Yeah, there was this, yep. And tried to get a challenge at the, the US Supreme Court. Um, it's, the New it's, almost like a, Court. it's almost like it's almost like undermining, isn't it? You yep. know, going back, going underneath and stooping. The the financial support of Ernesto Bertarelli. Mm. Now I thought he was backing the Australian challenge. Well, keep an eye on this space. Keep an eye <laughs> on this space, Jeps. Wow, we broke that a few episodes ago, so we expect that to come out. Do you reckon soon. that's where all this money was that this Dunphy guy has been talking about? It was just Bertarelli's money. Well, you know something, I, boss. Boy, boy, he no, no. Something. The way the, the boss um, commodore knows something. <laughs> the way the way yeah. Team New Zealand has come back firing, as well as the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously <laughs> nothing here is aligned, and I'm sorry, but uh, Team Dumpy. All I can see is that dude out of what's that show called Family? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, um, whatever it is, fam- yeah. uh, modern family. Modern family, the dump feel a bit of a kind of <laughs> a family man, <laughs> bit of an awkward type dude, and that's all I've got in my head. Yeah, yeah. and that's what this actually sounds like. <laughs> yeah. But making allegations all over the joint, getting shut down pretty quickly. But um, if you're out there, Mister Dumpy, we welcome you onto the show. Oh yes, to uh, tell your side of the story. Uh, yeah, if you do exist. Exists if you are real. The well, challenge is out. The challenge is out. Are you real? <laughs> um, my favourite line in this whole press release, though, is that if it was, if it is bad, if it is was intended. That's there's a, a grammatical error there. There's an extra word there. It should say if it was intended that yesterday's statement is a denial. That's Mr. Dunphy's statement from the day before then Mr. Dunphy should look at his Zoom call register and yeah. refresh his yeah. memory. <laughs> that he was on a Zoom call with the Commodore or whoever of the... Rumour has it he club. doesn't have a professional account, so you can't go back into your history. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> look, or, go, or go over 40 minutes. It's it's interesting, isn't it? So, But, you know, that this... The fact that this is going on makes it less likely that it's going to be held in New Zealand. Yeah. We do have to say that, yes. Yeah, that's the real gist of this whole email. Um, so that's uh, from us, that's a, that's a bummer, a big bummer, but uh, we'll still wait to hear. Yes, um, for everyone. Like in, in general, it's a big bummer, right? But unfortunately, reality bites sometimes, mm. and that's where we're at. Mm. Good. Like everyone talks about making the, the cup cheaper, right? Like it would be good if there was a development class making the cup cheaper and opening it up to more people. Um, it would be cool. Like I'd love – you know, if it was, say, a $10 million spend, right? Well, yeah. Something well, like that. Uh, Maxi 72. Oh, yeah, or smaller, you know, AP like even a 30. Etchels on foils. Yeah, 30-something. I reckon, <laughs> reckon that would be – and we have – Clubs, a lot of clubs challenging. I reckon that would give it some a different sort of gravitas. You know, I know it's all a big. Mm, no, nah, I'm, I'm all for maximum spend, <laughs> top end of technology because all that other shit exists anyway. Yeah, like we've yeah. just seen oh, no, the uh, that New York Yacht Club Invitational. Yeah. Um, all that stuff does exist, right? The TP52s yeah. generally it's just basically a world championship 
every weekend, of which they are sailing or getting fired up for now. Mm. It's, a great um, point. it's a great point. Or the Maxi 72s. Mm. That does exist. Mm. Oh, there's a multitude of classes. Mm. But who would have thought, okay, well, let's go one step further back. Who would have thought, you know, two or three years ago when we were, when we were launching into this program that we would have seen what we saw at the start of this year, you know, with those boats going around? No one would have predicted that, right? Mm. And so this is what you're saying, and this is I agree with you on this one, is that it, seem, it always seemingly makes the impossible possible. And if you go back to the, you know, even, even the 1800s when the first triangle sail was used, you know, mm. could you imagine all those blokes sitting in a room with square sails going, it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Then all of a sudden the, tr- the triangle sail comes out and does what it does. It's sort of similar. go as far as saying even the lead-up events mean bugger all because yeah. it's all about the cup anyway. Yeah. So, so you're not, you shouldn't be in it unless you're going to win it. It's, it's the question then that all this stuff is just part of the, 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 f- it's done on on purpose. The cup. We said. I didn't. I say this last week. Yeah, it's the actually. It's all organised. There's no. There's no problems. There's no. It, all this stuff is just done for to create uh, awareness and that media elite media and marketing. That elite Sorry. end and owning that elite end is what the America's Cup's all about. And if they didn't do stuff like this and pretend there was John Egos, they're all great mates behind the scenes. And it's all. So, Mister Dumphy, now's your chance. Come on the show. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you real? I can't see it happening. <laughs> not now. No. <laughs> oh, we're not. We love it. We love all the banter. Unfortunately, yeah. some people are going to get burnt. Some people mm. will be called liars. It's the America's Cup. Some mate. will come through when, absolutely shining. So, um, when when is the America's Cup short of controversy? Yes, we love some controversy. All right. Moving on. Speaking of America's Cup, twenty sixth September. 1983. Great year. Where were you? Where were you? I was. I know exactly where I was. Yeah, I was. I know exactly where I was too. I'm. I'm the oldest one in this group, I think. So, Mm. um, I was in high school, and um, everyone just decided to take the day off and go up to a local waterfall and drink beer. And I'm sitting there going, I'm genuinely the only person that. None of you blokes care about Sally. What are you all doing up here? This is from, you know, you haven't earned the right to be here. But <laughs> well, so you were going to be up on the waterfall on your own? Yeah, I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Everyone lost their shit, basically. It was insane. So September 26, 1983, Australia 2 wins the America's Cup. Mm. Game changer. Game changer. 56 oh. years. Held by the US. A long time. A long so, time. Well, um, but, yeah, as mentioned, talking with Dan, it's one of those seriously life-changing moments for many people mm. and it really paved the way for yachting in Australia. If not, like you say, mentioned, Jordan, uh, the professional yachty which was built out the back of it um, from the Fremantle America's Cup in 87. Mm. Mm. I just, I just remember it because our Prime Minister at the time, Bob Hall, uh, basically stated that if any uh, employer uh, fires you for not coming to work today, you're a bum. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big day. It was, it was, it was a big day. Everyone was it, was a, it. it was a Sunday. It was a Monday, wasn't it, that, uh, that, that well, we got it off effectively on the so Monday. For, for the listener, just to show you our age range here, mm, I was, 10, was on I was, a waterf- waterfall drinking beer. 
I was ten. I was ten. Yeah, I don't even remember. I don't think no, I you would have. You would have been. You would have been in Baghdad, wouldn't you? Uh, Baghdad. Uh, yeah. Dad's bag. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think Just I was recently, in year eleven, yeah. so I wasn't legally allowed to drink beer. But you know, it's Australia. <laughs> Yeah, correct. <laughs> I was 10. Australia in 1983. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Oh, I remember it was a hot day. It was a very early hot day. That's yeah. all I remember. Yeah. And I remember that was my kickstart into sailing. So it did start my sailing career, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? It was uh, mm. good times anyway. We'll just keep bringing that up every once in a while. Um, but uh, it is one of the iconic things. Speaking of iconic, um, BP, you've been busy this weekend. What have you been doing? Iconic. Well, the little IQ. Iconic. Oh, iconic. iconic. I like. I like. Oh, iconic. Something there. Yeah. I like the Segway. Iconic. Yeah. Uh, IQ foilers. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing a bit of work with a little uh, bit of uh, application that's involved around sail training and video app- video work. And uh, I can tell you, I've been out with the uh, Australian sailing team, the uh, the IQ foilers. Obviously, we. Um, we don't have a representative or didn't have a representative in windsurfing for a long time, um, but I can tell you we're well on the way. Uh, we're basically starting up this week with our first camp and, uh, oh, my God, these things are weapons. Love them. As I said at the start of the show, I was going to get one until I saw these kids sail around. Yeah, right. And kids they were, right? Uh, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, exactly, just sending it. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll you know, obviously give a mention. Gray Morris is uh, probably the, the the leader of the pack. He's uh, heading into yeah, the Australian sailing team until you get one. Until I get one, yeah. Until well, you, you might, get one. you might, you might get in. And I, I think Noel Kinch has given him a good crack too. Oh, Noel loves that stuff. Yeah, yeah. he loves it. Yeah, he yeah. loves it. it. It's all Noel, all the way. But let me tell you. Um, these kids are fanging these things around the track. We set it up yesterday and yesterday in 20, 22, 24 knots. Um, today, slightly lighter, 18 knots. Jeez, the thing's absolutely smoking. How fast they go? Oh, sitting easily on 20, 22, 24 knots. Wow. Easy. Everywhere. Upwind, downwind. Oh, downwind faster, but but you know what I mean. It's just like it's mm. it's phenomenal. Any uh, good crashes? No, none. Oh, wow. Stable. I mean, look. Let's just say that I think this is the elite. <laughs> if it was me on there, the I'd say yeah, there would probably. be scratches. But yeah. they are under control, and they're they're you know they've got all the. I, I I look at it in a real scientific way, Jordan, and you're you're um, sort of like this. The ground effect thing, it's it's there with this as well. It, they seem to go faster the lower they get. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just they just. Yeah, there's something going on there, and it's a it's a whole new thing. It's yeah. just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So this, we, it's the right it's the right class for the Olympics. I think so at the moment. Yeah. I, I do, and I think if you've got um, you know, let's let's say there's twenty in the final or however they do it, but mm-hmm. even uh, in four weeks' time in Europe, um, you know, Gray's heading over there, and uh, you know, there's going to be probably. 30, 40, 50, 100, I don't know how many are in this, the first regatta in Marseille, it's just, it's going to be insane. I mean, they hit the start line. I mean, I'll, I'll pump a bit of footage up onto the onto the site, but they hit the start line at warp speed. Mm. You, there's no, you can't be not on foils. Mm. You know, no, you've, sure. and, you, and your time to, dis, your distance on time is, is accelerated to the nth. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's phenomenal. And that's what they're practising now, you know. 
it's it's just unbelievable. So yeah, cool. I'm I'm interpreting from this BP that uh, World Sailing got it right with the IQ. That's what I'm because I'm happy. I'm happy with the IQ. Yeah, I they, think we're going to see. I think we're going to see the wingdings. Yeah, oh, the wingdings. Say they got it wrong. Yep. In not introducing the wingding before it became mm. right. I, I, I was speaking to uh, Brett Morris uh, today, who's, a, who's uh, right into it. Um, he said, no, they'll keep the kite boarding in, but they'll call it kiting without strings. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where they go. Oh, going. so that's where it'll take out. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. String, got it. Stringless, stringless kiting. Stringless kiting. I got it. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, Cause, cool. Because effectively they don't want to go backwards. They don't want to take a backwards step. But, uh, you know, the kite boarders will say, no, it's the best thing since. But tell you what, it's all happening down at Willara Sound Club. Cool. All right. Well, mm-hmm. we're very Australian-centric this uh, this uh, episode. So, But we've been offshore a bit. Uh, and we got to put the boot in the, the Canadians. Canadians is what, how do we say? Canucks. Canadians. Canadians. Canucks. The Canucks from Canada. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's all good. Um, what else? That's it. I think that's it. There's a few yep. t- There's a few hoodies left. I think there's like six left in total. All the midgets six. out there need to come yeah. in. Six hoodies left and we've got probably – 20-odd T-shirts left, so getting quick, especially if you're a smaller or size medium. (laughs) (laughs) We may never ever order those sizes again. Yeah, so all those supposed uh, merchandise packs that are getting sent out. (laughs) We've all got smalls uh, and extra smalls in them. Make sure if you want to be part of the Jack Lord Listener of the Week, you're a size small. (laughs) Love it. Love it. All right, lads. That's beauty. It's been fun. Yeah, uh, yeah love episode. your work. Love your work. Yes, and thanks, Daniel, for joining us, mate. Super cool. Thanks, boys. Uh, got to show you this IQ footage, lads. Nice hat. Spicy. Oh, so handsome in that hat. <laughs>